Hello, catfish people. Welcome to the Peter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope you're having a great day, whatever day it is when you happen to be listening to this podcast. I'm not sure what number podcast this is. Uh, I'm taping a couple of different ones today, and I'm not exactly sure in what order this one will be put up. But at last count, I think I was around 13 or 14, so uh, I'm accumulating some. I'm going to try to uh, expand the number of podcasts that I'm doing. I have been doing them just on Thursday, doing one a week, kind of going through the paces to see what's working, to see how it's received, kind of get my workflow down. I haven't been promoting the heck out of it either. So uh, if you stumbled across it, you probably come across it through my YouTube channel, possibly through my website, DieterMelhornFishing.com, or you may have just been doing some searching on Google. I know I'm right now, the podcast is new. It's not ranking real high. I understand that. So, but that's a good thing. This is giving me a chance to kind of figure some stuff out, learn how to uh, operate in this, uh, in this world, on this platform. It's a different ball game than what I'm used to. Uh, As some of y'all know, I do video production work for a living. And the thing with video production is it has video in it. And I haven't, I don't really have any experience in the radio world. And that's really all podcasting is. It's basically just a, uh, it, it's a radio, it's in a sense radio. It, it, it's, it's audio only. And uh, it's a little different deal. The one thing that's helped me is doing some of the live feeds that I do on my YouTube channel. Uh, if any of y'all are subscribers to the channel, uh, you'll know that I try to, about once a week, go live. I'm trying to do that more often anyway, once a week. And uh, for that, it's very similar to radio. you got to do a lot of talking to keep it interesting. Uh, watching somebody just sit there on video can get very boring very quickly. So uh, I jack my jaws a bunch, similar to what I do here. So it's a... Uh, it's it's a little bit of a training ground, I guess you would say. But yeah, I'm kind of figuring this stuff out. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Me personally, uh, I like uh, uh, the guys like Tom Rowland. He's a big one that I like. He has a TV show uh, that some of y'all may have seen, Saltwater Experience, and does a real cool podcast. He actually... Uh, he, he has a format that I really like. Uh, another one is Mike Iaconelli. He has the best primo podcast show of anybody in the fishing industry, uh, period. He, he does a great show. His is highly produced, highly orchestrated, uh, and really, really a cool experience to listen to. Uh, and another one is uh, Salt Strong. I listen to their podcast. And uh, uh, another good one has a lot of good information. Now, if you'll notice one thing about all of these, uh, I don't participate in any of those fishing genres. Uh, I, I do some saltwater fishing, but uh, with the guys from Salt Strong and like Tom Rowland, they're talking about a lot of stuff that goes on down in Florida. And Mike Iaconelli, Mike Iaconelli is a bass fisherman. So I, I, I don't bass fish, uh, at least not with any intensity. So uh, my point is, is that while those are not exactly uh, fishing niches that I'm, you know, immersed in and into, I enjoy listening to them because it's fishing. I, would, I told somebody the other day I would much rather listen to that content 
than I would listen to somebody talk about basketball or football or baseball on a sports radio talk show. So that's kind of my thing. Uh, probably like you guys, uh, a lot of times this stuff is just up playing in the background. You're not, you're focused on it for a little bit, then your mind drifts off and you go do something else, and then you hear some buzzword flathead catfish, and then boom, you tune back in and you're listening again. So, uh, dude, I'm the same way. Y'all are listening, you know, don't think you're crazy. I'm the exact same way. And I hear that from a lot of people that I talk to about the podcast. So, uh, I say all this just to let you know, uh, that's kind of why I'm doing it, where I'm going with it. Uh, I'm one of you in the sense that I like listening to these things. They're not for everybody. Uh, there's, uh, I definitely, I'd like to see the demographics on the people who listen. Uh, I think there's a, a big technology uh, wall there for some people in dealing with it. But the cool thing is, the thing that kept me from getting into podcasts, for, I've wanted to do this for years, Chad Ferguson, uh, Catfish Edge, was a guy that I listened to. He was kind of one of my motivations for doing this. I loved listening to Chad's podcast. And, uh, you know, some of it was very basic stuff, uh, but it was good to listen to because it was about fishing for catfish. And uh, it, it was cool to listen to. And I hate he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, at least I don't think he does. I haven't seen any of them. Uh, but it's, you know, I like that. And, you know, I think it's something cool for our industry. I think Chad was a little ahead of his time uh, because he was doing podcasts when it was hard to listen to podcasts. It has gotten so much easier um, than what it used to be. It used to be well, the old, old podcasts. And for some of you millennials will have no clue what I'm talking about. Uh, they had this thing called an iPod, which I think they still do, but it's totally different than what it was. And it was this little cube that you would download stuff onto. It was a pain to play, it was a pain to select, but it was the only way to do it. Uh, today, it is so much easier to not only listen to a podcast, but also to be able to produce one. Uh, the The cost of entry is much lower. The, you know, for me, I'm lucky because all I do is a lot of guys use, you know, podcasting microphones and recorders. Uh, I get to cheat a little bit. I have basically no cost of entry because I'm actually using a TV camera uh, from my business to record the audio and using some of the microphones that we use in our business to uh, do the recording. So I kind of got to get into it for free on that end. Uh, there's actually some hosting and uploading platforms that make it so much easier now. I don't even edit, and this will be good for any of you guys that know anything about podcasting. I actually edit my podcast in Final Cut 10, which is a video editing program. I do not even have audio editing software to do this. Um, uh, probably will at some point. Probably will upgrade my microphones uh, and all that kind of stuff. But for now, this is working just to kind of see if this is going to work, see what the reaction is going to be. And so far, I've gotten a really good reaction from you guys um, about the podcast. A lot of feedback on it. And uh, if you ever want to comment or reach out to me, go to my website, uh, DieterMillhornFishing.com, and there's a contact section there, and send me an email. That's the easiest way right now. I'm sure there's some other avenues for uh, making contact with people and getting interaction, like we get on YouTube and on Facebook, but it's a little bit harder here. You can also just reach out to me on Dieter Melhorn Fishing on Facebook. I've got a fishing section there, and just jump in any of the comments. I try to put a link to these podcasts over there when they go up, and... Uh, 
let you know what's going on and kind of make you aware of them. That's kind of my clearing house for what's happening. So, uh, the, uh, but the plan is to go with Monday and Thursday on the podcast. I'm going to try to expend it to Monday, uh, and Thursday. Uh, and there's going to be kind of a mix. I'm going to try doing some long form stuff. Uh, some of the longer stuff like you were kind of seeing in the beginning, but I've also found that doing those podcasts can be a little tougher, uh, especially with getting guests and coordinating all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to do some of these where I'm talking about stuff that's a little bit shorter, like today's podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about fishing rods, catfish rods in uh, particular. But some of this stuff will be interesting and apply to anybody that's listening that's outside of the catfish world. Uh, for a lot of people, the uh, uh, and we'll just go straight into it, the... Uh, if you're looking at fishing rods, if you're like me, you probably started out with buying a rod at a local either outdoor store. For me, it was Walmart. That's where I think I got my first rod. And you pretty much go with what they got in stock. It may be a good rod. Uh, it may be a bad rod. Uh, pretty much, I mean, to be honest, the stuff you're going to get at Walmart is generally not that bad. Uh, it will basically catch whatever you want to catch uh walmart is very good about having stuff that is regionally oriented the way they do their buying and the way their buyers uh uh the way their buying process works and the way their vendors work is they do a lot of stuff that is region specific so uh if you are down toward uh, let's say the carolina coast uh they will have a lot of products in stock that are you know, oriented towards saltwater fishing, maybe fishing for flounder, redfish, drum, that kind of stuff. If you would go maybe toward eastern Tennessee, uh, over around, uh, let's say, Knoxville, Fort Loud, in that area, you go to Walmart, they're going to have stuff for striper fishing over there. Uh, they're going to have a lot of products that are used locally for striper fishing. I'm sure if you went to, uh, you know, the... the uh, the north where they have walleye, there'd be a lot of walleye stuff that is there. So, you know, go to Florida, a lot of saltwater stuff down there. And uh, you can usually get pretty dang good tackle, fishing rods specifically, that will do the job for what you're trying to do. Obviously, these are going to be rods that are from the major manufacturers. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get any of the custom stuff, any of the higher end stuff there. Most of the time, it's going to be at a price point that is pretty much affordable. You're not going to see anything that's really, really super expensive in there. Or anything, generally speaking, that is very uh, species-specific. Um, that had a lot of S's in it, didn't it? Species-specific. So, But you can get some good rods. I think I got... Um, you know, I started out with some rods that were, I, for what I'm using now, kind of stupid. They were way too big, way too heavy for what I was doing. Uh, but at some point, I, uh, I remember I was at a local Walmart, and there was this sporting goods manager I happened to see. And I told him, I said, hey, um, can you get those ugly stick catfish rods? He went, look, pulled up a computer, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we talked for a minute just about, you know, the rods and, you know, everything and, what they were used for and all that kind of stuff. And he said, uh, yeah. He said, we'll have them in a week. He said, they'll be in stock in a week. And uh, what happened was for about a year, the local Walmart, Walmart here carried ugly stick catfish rods. This is probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. And uh, 
they were able to get them. And that's kind of what I started out with being Walmart. They were very, very competitive on price. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a relatively cheap ride to get into. At that point in time, the price on those things was $29.95. And uh, it was a very, very good deal. If you factored in maybe some kind of discount that was going on, you could get them real cheap. And I fished with those rods for a long, long time. At the time, the ugly stick catfish rods came with a good warranty on them. So if you broke them or anything, anything went wrong with them. Uh, you, you know, there was some type of, some type of warranty service there. Uh, they were, you know, a popular name. Ugly Stick did a very good job of selling and promoting their brand, uh, and marketing. God, back since I was, you know, when they first came out, there was always the ads, you know, built, bending them around like a candy cane and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I fished with those for a long time. Uh, caught thousands and thousands and thousands of fish. As a matter of fact, to this day, uh, my personal best is basically a tie on a blue catfish at around 61 pounds. I caught that fish on an ugly stick. And I'm trying to think. I think my personal best, I mean, yeah, uh, now that I think about it, my personal best channel catfish and my personal best flathead both came on ugly sticks. So they will catch fish. Uh, now, if you are fishing, you know, for me, I was fishing in, you know, lakes, uh, local lakes, and they were well suited for it. Now, you guys fishing in some bigger water, uh, rivers, that kind of thing, would probably need something a little bit bigger. You could catch fish with, you know, those rods, but they require, uh, you guys require something that will handle a little more weight. Um, there's, you know, there were some other rods that Ugly Stick made that were kind of a step above it. The Tiger Rods, Tiger Lights. I had some of those going through the paces there. And, again, those were very good factory made bulk made uh, mass produced fishing rods uh the tiger rods were you know they come in a, and the tiger lights come in a couple of uh different weights able to handle much bigger weights much bigger current a lot more back end on those rods and you can catch a lot of big cat you can catch any catfish in america on a tiger rod plain and simple uh i've caught sharks on them uh, you know couple hundred pound sharks on rods that size so uh they they're they're very effective rods and readily available now you can't buy those at walmart but that's something that you would see in a bass pro shop uh at cabela's possibly an academy someplace like that uh that is something you don't have to order you don't have to seek out and go hunt uh those uh uh, those rods are probably, I don't remember exactly what the price point was on those, around 60 bucks, $65, somewhere in there when I had bought them uh, years ago. And um, they, you know, they worked fine. Now, as I got more and more into fishing, more and more into the industry, started doing more and more looking around, I started to discover uh, some of the more catfish specific rods i guess you would say they were fishing rods that had a catfish on them and a catfish name and uh it's not just that they put the decals on them but a lot of stuff around them uh with the design of the spacing on the eyes the hand length of the handles handle material uh even the reel seats is uh, geared toward people who are fishing for slightly bigger fish and uh geared toward people who may be uh casting and chunking 
heavier weights and fishing in heavier current, more pull, that kind of thing. So uh, I started seeing some of these other rods that were on the market, and there's tons of them out there. Uh, there's the, you know, uh, catch to fever, big cat fever rods are probably one of the more popular, widely known names in the industry now. Uh, B&M makes a catfish rod. Whisker Seeker makes a catfish rod. My buddy Chris Flores at Muddy River Catfishing, he has his own catfish rod. He has a blue catfish, a blue rod and a flathead catfish rod. So there's a lot of them out there. And I'll be honest, uh, I've only really had the chance to fish with one of the major brands so far, but I've laid hands on all of them. And I will say this, most of them are made pretty dang well as far as outward appearance, the way they look, the components, that type thing. Uh, now, when you go to tearing them apart, seeing what they're made out of, how the handles are pieced together, the lower end, there may be some variations there, but... Uh, I think for the money, uh, especially the ones, and most of these rods I'm talking about seem to be in the $75 to $90 price range. They're going to be more than your ugly stick. They're going to be more than, uh, you know, that that factory-ready brand-type rod, like the, the ugly stick. But these rods, like the Big Cat Fever rods, uh, are going to deliver you more value, is the best way to put it. Uh, they are all-around better rods uh, than the, the ugly stick type rods. Now, I'll say this. Uh, I was skeptical at first. When they first came out and I looked at them, I was like, eh, you know, is it worth the money? Is it, you know, it's not really worth the money. Uh, after looking at them and seeing what you get, uh, I, I, I've been pretty impressed with all of them. Uh, the, um, the, the, the components, uh, the action of the rods, they're all really well built. And I think for that price point, uh, they're, they're, it's a good value. The downside uh, of using one of buying one of these rods, I should say, is compared to like an ugly stick, is that you have to deal when you buy them. They don't have the distribution that like an ugly stick has with their catfish rods or uh, their tiger rods. You know, those you can find in stores halfway easy. A Bass Pro Shop, a Cabela, someplace like that. You can find those rods. That's how I got all mine. I had never paid to have a rod shipped to me. And that is the thing you run into with some of these catfish specific rods like the Big Cat Fever rods. Uh, Chris Flores's rods at Muddy River Catfishing. Uh, you know, if you get some from um, uh, Whisker Seekers, those kind of guy, those kind of rods, they got to ship them to you, and that adds to your cost. And uh, that can, for one rod, it's a lot of money. You know, if you're getting six of them, it's not as bad. Uh, but you know, that's kind of the one thing that is not really in place yet with these catfish products is. Um, uh, any type of real widespread distribution. It's one of the great things about the catfish conference. And I tell people that uh, in, in the two times that I've been to the catfish conference is that uh, if for nothing else, if you were looking to buy catfish rods, especially if you're looking to buy not a lot of catfish rods, uh, go to the catfish conference because every rod vendor in America that makes catfish rods will be there. 
and you can see them, you can hold them, you can mess with them, you can look at how they're made, and that was uh, where I've got to see every catfish rod made. And uh, if nothing else, try to put that on your calendar if you're into the catfish world to come to the conference uh, next year. Uh, it's, I think, the last weekend of February. It's around the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. I'll have information on my website, DeeterMilkhornFishing.com, and also on Facebook, and you'll be seeing a lot of videos, and you'll be hearing podcasts about it between now and then. But basically, plan last week of February. It's going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, and it's a great place to see anything catfishing. Uh, everything from uh, the hook on the end of the line all the way back up the line to the boat that you are sitting in will be there. So uh, kind of got off on a tangent there on that. But my point being, it's a great place to look at catfish rods and it's a great place to see what's out there. Now, some of you may be asking, do I need one of these high dollar catfish rods to catch catfish? Can I do it on something that I buy at Walmart? Well, if you're new to the sport and you're looking at getting into it, and you're wanting to see if it's for you at what level you want to participate, don't spend a lot of money to begin with. Um, I know some people become tackle geeks. I was guilty of it just like anybody. Um, when you start out and you get into something, this is probably true with anything. I, I, I got, I, I've got friends that are tool geeks. They just have all kinds of tools that they hardly ever use. Because they just love them. And there's an emotional attachment to it. And I understand that. I get that. Everybody does it. But uh, when you're starting out, uh, i just say this. Uh, get you some tackle. Get you some gear. Spend your money uh, on gas to go fishing uh, versus buying a bunch of tackle. Now, my buddies uh, and my partners in the tackle industry probably don't want to hear that being said. But uh, the one thing I can guarantee you is that if you build that love uh, and you've got the chance to go, I think it's more important in the beginning to get out there and fish, get out there and hunt, get out there and ski, get out there and do whatever you want to do as often as you can so you develop a love for it than to feel like you have to have the best of everything uh, uh, when it comes to, you know, to be able to go fishing and be able to go catch a fish. So in the beginning, uh Get what you need to get the job done. If that means buying a couple of ugly sticks or some other rods that are out there, some of the Bass Pro Shop brands, Cabela's has their own house brands that are $29, $30, 40 bucks, do it. Uh, the bottom line is you'll be able to use those rods uh, even after you decide to upgrade later on. Uh, I would much rather see somebody go out and spend uh, that money and get a couple of those rods than to wait and wait and wait to buy one $80 rod and not be able to go fishing. Because I think the passion to fish, the passion to be outside is far more important than it is with the gear. Uh, you can land, like I said, with my personal best fish, any catfish out there uh, on some of these yeah, I say, I say cheaper rods, these ugly stick style rods. Uh, there may be a heck of a lot more work involved. Uh, you may wish you have a, a bigger rod. You, uh, you land a, you know, 60, 70 pound fish on an ugly stick uh, in any kind of current. Uh, 
the first thing you're going to do when you get back is you're going to go look at the uh, Catch the Fever website and go buy you a uh, Big Cat Fever rod because it makes it a lot easier. There's a lot more butt on the back end on those rods to get a fish in. But you can do it. Um, these are tools, man. These are, you know, rods, fishing rods are, are just one of your tools. And, you know, if you got money, money's no object. Yeah, go buy, you know, one of the nicer rods out there. Go buy you, you know, a Big Cat Fever rod. Go buy you a Whisker Seeker. Go buy you a B&M rod. They're all nice rods. Go buy you a custom rod. Uh, my buddy uh, Lyle Stokes, uh, who hosts Catfish Weekly on Monday night on YouTube, uh, he makes custom bumping rods that are, you know, even more expensive than some of these other rods. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the passion, uh, developing a passion, developing the love to go fish is way more important than getting wrapped up in the gear. So any of you guys that are new, don't get crazy bent on having, uh, you know, expensive rods to begin with. You can catch fish without them. Uh, but with that said, once you decide that, you know, this this sport is for you, this is something you have a passion for, uh, there's a lot of good rod options out there. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of it is an, a, a big emotional attachment to a brand. Uh, it can be an attachment to the the name, what it stands for, the color of the rod. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that come into play. You know, I use the uh, Big Cat Fever Rods. I like those guys. I like that they're, you know, uh, I, I say local. They're actually here in the Carolinas. Uh, that's just by, by chance that they are. But, you know, they're, you know, they're somebody I can reach out to. There's an issue. I've never had an issue, but it's cool to know that I'm not dealing with a company and uh, a corporation that you're going to go through 12 levels of bureaucracy to get to somebody who can actually solve your problem. So that's a good thing. And that's true of a lot of these rods in the catfish market. I've never dealt with Whisker Seeker, but I'm sure it's the same way. I guarantee you that if you bought a rod from Chris Flores at Muddy River Catfishing and there was any kind of an issue with it, you could get in touch with Chris within a few hours. Uh, I mean, he, he's that available and responsive, uh, you know, and... That's the, you know, that's the thing with these these catfish-specific brands. Pretty much all of them are, um, I say catfish-specific in that when you start getting into these other brands outside of like the Ugly Sticks and those type rods that are attached to the major manufacturers, uh, these guys are, you're not that far away from them in the catfish world. It does not take that much work to get a hold of these people and deal with them. And that's one of the good things that I think, uh, you know, is nice about that. And, you know, that will determine a lot of which, you know, rod you would decide to go with. Now, uh, just for the record and to clarify something with everybody, uh, most of us try, we like, you know, dealing with American companies, uh, American brands, American products. And, while these are pretty much, I think everybody that I've mentioned is an American company, all of these rods are made in China, plain and simple. Every, every rod I've talked about today is made in China. Now, why are these rods made in China? Well, the simple answer is money. It's a lot cheaper to make them over there. Why is it cheaper? Well, part of it is probably labor, but labor, I said labor, I left something out there, but yeah, part of it is probably labor. 
But the other part is they have the manufacturing processes in place from start to finish for making these rods. And uh, they've got the systems down. Uh, when you get down and look at it, a lot of these rods, there's not a lot of difference when you look at the very basics, that being the blank of the rods. They're the, the A lot of these rods are very similar at that level. And from there, things start to change a little bit. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that the core of a lot of these products and a lot of these rods is the same or very, very similar. So that is why I say a lot of the decision making in what rod you buy is an emotional one. And uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, that can be, you know, uh, an attachment to whether, you know, it'd be the design of it, the look, the company, what they stand for, uh, that type thing. So, uh, so those are things just to kind of keep in mind there. You're, you're not going to get an American made fishing rod. There's a couple of companies I think that make them that make their own blanks, but the, uh, I don't think any of them are players in the catfish world. And I think most of those rods are pretty high end rods. So, it's uh, just the nature of the beast. Uh, it's just like buying a, a sonar unit for your boat. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with those things. They're uh, not made here, and uh, the components aren't. So it's just uh, it's the world we live in. Uh, not much you can do about that. Uh, wish everything was made in America because I think the quality be, would be superior. But it can't always be that way, and uh, that's just kind of the way it is. So... Uh, just a little nugget there I wanted to clear up on some of this because that's always a question that comes up on these things, you know, is, is where they're made at. They're all Chinese made. Uh, Chinese made or somewhere in Eastern Asia uh, built. So that's kind of the 411 on that. As far as what you go with, guys, uh, again, it's kind of up to you and what you like. There's some little variations and subtleties in there. Uh, you know, I like a longer handle on the rod just for leverage. I like what it does just because of my body size and how tall I am and the length of my arms. It works out good with the placement of my hand in relation to the reel. That will vary with different people, different sizes, men, women, that kind of thing. So, uh, the best thing I say, if you guys ever get to get to the Catfish Conference or there's supposed to be a new trade show, uh, in our little industry coming to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee next June called Catapalooza. And uh, it will basically be another industry show uh, that is coming to a very cool area of eastern Tennessee. If you're looking for something that's a family event uh, in a, or an event that is around an area where the whole family can go, uh, Pigeon Forge is a great place, and uh, this will be the first year. Hopefully, everything goes good with it, and everything comes to fruition on it. Uh, but, yeah, keep an eye on that. I'll obviously have more information. But my whole point being is that whether it be the um, uh, Catfish Conference or one of these other shows, uh, any place like that where you can get your hands on these rods and see them and mess with them, uh, it, it'll be a good thing. It'll help you build kind of, you know, your connection to you know, one of these brands and what you want to work with. It's sad, but there's really no major store that carries any of this stuff. Uh, none of the Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Academies, Dick's, nobody has any of these brands. The only halfway catfish specific brand is B&M. B&M makes a couple of really nice looking rods uh, that I've laid hands on and messed with, and you can find those. And I think Gander Outdoors may have them. 
I think Cabela's may have them. I know they're available online uh, through some different, you know, uh, outlets. I've actually got them in the gear section on my website. If you go to DieterMillhornFishing.com, I've got a gear section there with affiliate links to some different products through Amazon. And B&M is one of the rods that you can buy on there. Uh, you can actually get them ordered through there. So if you're, you have a Prime membership with Amazon, uh, I think you may be able to skirt the shipping costs. I'll have to, uh, don't hold me to that. Check it out in the gear section. But if that's true, that's one of the great things about Amazon Prime is you get free shipping. And uh, I don't know if it applies there or not. But anyway, my point being is that B&M Rods is about the only one that I know of that is that has any decent distribution uh, around the stores and stuff to where you can actually see them. So that's going to be your one drawback uh, to any of these. So, uh, you know, if you get a chance, lay your hands on them. If you got any questions, message me. Go to DieterMillHornFishing.com, the con uh, comment section. Send me a message. Uh, luckily, my podcast and channel is still at a point where I'm able to answer all of these. So, uh, yeah, hit me up on there, on Messenger, whatever. And uh, if you got a question about any of them, and I'll give you my feedback for what it's worth on those, uh, on whatever you're looking at or considering. So hopefully that's some good information uh, on rods. This one actually went a little longer than I thought it was going to go. But uh, hopefully that gives you some stuff to chew on, some stuff to think about. And uh, hopefully you can get your hands on one of these rods at some point. Put it to use and catch some fish. When you do it, I hope to catch you out on the water.